you know, this will be the year that Instagram and video become more like intertwined in conversations and be like left YouTube to go to Instagram. <laughs> You're like, hey, the writing's on the wall. Yeah, the writing's on the wall. Like I really believe like just it it's incredible that they have a user base of over a billion people and we're just talking about like video and, and creators and just, you know, Man, I, I could go on and on about how I believe. And like like last week, we just launched this new product that, that now helps any creator put their IGTV video in feed, which is where people are naturally consuming content. And so people can discover IGTV videos and more intertwined experience as opposed to standalone. So I'm like, it's just crazy what creators are now doing and uploading and seeing like numbers on. In this episode, we talk with John Yushai. John is a YouTube marketing guru, business writer, and the creator of a popular workplace cartoon called Every Vow. As YouTube's head of creator product marketing, John worked with the platform's top stars to grow their communities and create viral content. Today, he works for Instagram as the project marketing manager for the new video platform IGTV. John has also been named top marketer by Forbes and Entrepreneur. This is Creative Disruption, the intersection where entertainment, data, and creativity meet. Here's your host, Ricky Ray Butler and Daryl Leaves. All right, welcome back to the Creative Disruption Podcast. Now, I really love what we're doing here because we're always talking about the most interesting people in the world that are really disrupting the industry. Uh, and we're talking about the industry, we're talking about platforms, but there's one platform right now, Ricky, I'm really, really interested in. I, I want you to take a guess. What do you think that is? What, what, which, which platform would that be? And you're probably to say YouTube. You always just talk about YouTube <laughs> no, stuff. No, 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 no. Based on who our guest is, I'm going to make an assumption that it's gonna, you're going to say Instagram. It's actually TikTok, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, TikTok's awesome. No, awesome. It, it really is. It, it really fascinates me quite a bit. But one thing that I do, like, I'm really obsessed with data. I, like, the, and part of our show, we talk about the data side sure. of making decisions. Is that what people do? For me, I do a data approach that most people don't do. And I actually learned this from Warren Buffett. Now, Warren Buffett didn't like mentor me or anything like that. But, you know, Warren Buffett actually owns uh, the, the uh, Dairy Queen, uh, you know, chains and so on and so forth. Well, I think he bought that chain for one reason. And it's okay. for, it for market research, like 100% for market research. And so he takes it, his- It wasn't to get a return on investment. Well, I think that he likes ice cream <laughs> and he likes a hamburger sure. and he'll go from there. But like he actually will take his grandkids there uh -huh. and then he's like, invite your friends. I'm buying. We're going to go to the Dairy Queen. And then he's like the awkward old man at the Dairy Queen. He just buys it and they'll say, hey, thank you for so much for buying it. And then he just sits and listens. And uh. one of the things that was really powerful behind this is like he's made some very big bullish moves in, in his space because of what the kids were talking about. So he actually doubled down uh, the equity that they bought in Apple because of a conversation that's happening at Dairy Queen. Wow, that's interesting. And it's just like, he understands that the rising generation, and so for me, I always look at the rising generation. I'm like, okay, where, where is the rising generation spending their time? And so I have five kids, and so I talk with them, I talk with their, their, their friends, and they're like, man, you're kind of weird. You're always asking these <laughs> weird questions. I'm like, this is called data research, you know? You're trying but, to pull a Gary Buffett. Right? <laughs> uh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Excuse, Buffett. Me. Excuse me, different person. <laughs> but no, seriously, it's like, I want to know what the pulse is and it's like that audience when you understand that the rising tide of where they're spending their time is mm -hmm. there and and for me i was like hey why don't you like i have a 13 year old i'm like hey why don't you get a like a, a facebook account it's like dad 
you know, Facebook's only for old people and grandparents, you know? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Which but, is so crazy for me because I remember when it was like the new thing. Oh, yeah. It was like, well, you but know, it was if you were in MySpace, you. you were not cool. <laughs> like you had, to, you had to transfer over to Facebook. But, but there is a platform out there um, that, that really attracts that, that younger audience. And it's, it's like a glue. And, and that is Instagram. Like right. 100%. And I talked to them, like, that's how they communicate. Like, they literally have stopped text messaging each other, and they're just doing uh, DMs in Instagram, you know? And, right. And most of them don't just have one account. They have multiple accounts. They have accounts that they only want their core group. I don't know if they're breaking terms. They probably are. But their core group of followers um, to connect with. Yeah. But then they have other accounts that they're actually doing more for public. And so it's a really, really interesting uh, demographic. And I, and I think truly um, Instagram is probably one of the most fascinating platforms because it, 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 it appeals to multi-generational audiences on a deep level. Now, I know that you guys, like, like you guys help influencers. You bring them money. You, you work yeah. with brands. Right. And I, I, I want to venture to guess, because out of all the platforms you work with, you're probably doing more brand deals on Instagram than any other platform. It's definitely up there. Absolutely. Is it um, up there, or is it the number one? Seriously. You know, on. it's it's close. I mean, I, I think it is the number one. I mean, I, I think we get... I mean, I mean, it's just one of those things, the gestation period of doing a, uh, a campaign with creators and influencers on Instagram. Um, it's a qu- much quicker turnaround. And... But also, but I, 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 I bet the engagement's super high too. The, the engagement's amazing, and so specifically around Instagram stories. Um, I mean, since the very beginning when they allowed the swipe up, etc., we see a higher click through rate on Instagram than any other form, any other platform, or any other form of content. Yeah, like Insta- I mean, it's very raw, but like, you know. It's just, it's just very cre- credible. For some reason, it seems much more transparent and where people just feel very confident in what the influencer is talking about. And then if, if the product resonates with them, they have a very high um, click-through rate. So right now, with ongoing campaigns when we're doing Instagram stories, we're averaging between a 5% and a 15% click-through rate, which is bonkers. That, that is crazy. just nuts. I, I mean, there's I, no other form of advertising out there, whether it's – you know, um, you know, display advertising or pre-roll ads that can go toe to toe with that. Yeah. Like, well, on YouTube, we well, also we... have a high <laughs> click rate, but it doesn't yeah. compare. Yeah. Right now, on YouTube with ongoing campaigns, we're seeing between like a one and a three percent click through rate. But Instagram Stories has always just been like the highest, and it's and it's consistent as well. Yeah. Well, what I find fascinating, and and you know, we run a lot of ads sure. for the different clients that we have in ourselves, but it's right. like specifically like what makes a good piece of content now you have the influencer side of where they're pushing it but like from an ad platform it is getting more interesting where where they've been able to blend a lot of the power of facebook and really segmenting the audiences uh in instagram which has been really really powerful like one of our most highest performing campaigns was coming through an instagram vertical that we just kind of tapped in because it's like not a lot there's not a lot of uh of brands that are trying to tackle Instagram because they don't sure. get how to advertise. They they get they get the influencer side. Mm-hmm. They don't get the advertisement side of things. Right. Well, I I'm very confident that Instagram is going to be the platform that disrupts TV more than any other platform. Whoa, and I know that, that sounds that's a bold and, that's and, a bold and, and, and statement. Let me, and man. let me explain why because YouTube's obviously doing it, and of course, like Facebook's doing a lot of great stuff as well. But you look at Cardi B, you look at Selena Gomez, you know, people that have over a hundred million followers. They do not have a content strategy. 
when they put that together, they're going to be seeing much higher views than any TV program. And you know what? It's going to make sure that the creators and the artists are, and, and, and like, let's see, the actors and actresses, the talent, they're going to be much more empowered where they become the studios, where they, you know, produce and direct their wow. own content. That, that's going to and disrupt so, so Hollywood. They're going to be acting a oh lot more like the native creators on YouTube and on, on Instagram. But these people that are like more, you know, traditional or mainstream, they're going to be very disruptive and it's going to, it's going to, you know, be a pivotal part of. So it's kind of like what Will Smith and Jack Black and The they're, Rock yeah, has done. They're already on, doing that. Yeah. yeah so what like they've done Shane on that. Mitchell on YouTube. And now they're now they're translating over. Oh my gosh! I yeah. seriously like that would be super disruptive because it's like here's everyone taking their cut and now the the the, the person who's the creator. Yeah. Is saying no 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 I don't need no no publishing house or you know. Uh, studio taking a cut. I can actually build my own team and do it this way. And then the numbers that they're talking about, I mean, I, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Well, I remember when Instagram was just an image and, and it always seemed a little more high-end. And I, I was very confused at first why they were bringing out all these features so quickly, like IGTV or um, live streaming or stories or video. Like, I mean, I remember when they did video, and I don't think anyone was thinking, oh, they're going to put Vine out of business, which they did in like a no, couple but months. It, it, was, it was like, like <laughs> oh, they're going to try to compete with YouTube, but nobody can find the video. But, well, but, that, but the play was well, Vine. It, it really is the, the platform of lifestyle. And where people can show their personalities in different ways, both from a raw perspective and transparent perspective with stories, as well as from a very I mean, a beautiful way where they, they can just show the nice things in life as well and you know things that look a little more high-end. Um, but I really think it's going to be a huge disruptor ongoing. They're moving so fast, and whenever they go and compete with any other platform, if they bring up like a, a similar feature, they do it better. Yeah. And, and I mean, they, they did that with Vine. They did that with Snapchat. And... And, and immediately people went from one platform and I adopted a, a new one because everything just was much better. Well, and I think a lot to do with the tools. And that's why I'm really excited for today's guest. I mean, I, at a, there's a lot of people in the industry that we connect with. And there's certain individuals that just get marketing. They get the creation sure. process. I, I think I would be, I don't know, I like. I don't want to say this to other people out there, but seriously, there's a lot of people that, that go through the theology, but they don't execute it as a creator. But yeah. today, this person not only has worked for a lot of the big platforms and so on, but he's also a creator in his, in his own right. Um, do you want to introduce our, our guest? Yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped to have John join us today. I'm John Ushai. Yeah, you and, got and it, man. He's <laughs> That's it. Let's end the interview right now. Let's go. You got it. High note. High note. Yeah. <laughs> and John is the head of marketing for IGTV. Yep. Product marketing, working a lot with creators. Yeah. A lot of stuff. I mean, you heard us just you know talk about Instagram and all the great stuff that's but happening before, there. Before we yeah. get into it, look, you just say that, but it's like the resume. John, why don't you take a second real quick? Because yeah. how I got to know you wasn't through through Instagram. It was through YouTube. Like, Tell us yeah, kind yeah. of a little bit about yourself. Yeah, before Instagram. And first, thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm super thrilled hey, to be it's a here. Pleasure. Just like have a yeah. chit-chat with you guys. It's always good to kick it. Um, yeah, before this, before Instagram, I was at YouTube for five years where I did a lot of things. Uh, most recently, led the creator product marketing team, so worked on tools to help creators grow and monetize. Thank and, you, uh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. But like Daryl said, like I love the creator side of been lucky enough to uh, be a writer for Forbes and Time Magazine. I have a cartoon series that has blown up on LinkedIn. Uh, people like CEO of Zappos has asked me to put those cartoons in his office in Las awesome. Vegas yeah. and, and and like just things I would have never thought as a kid. So as like 
a creator in text and in cartoons and video and also working on the platform side and being at these companies, it's just been fascinating to learn so much and be able to help the ecosystem at large because I feel like we're so lucky to be alive today and see this shift yeah. and to be able to help out with it is just a blessing. So I mean, could you imagine like like knowing a little bit about you and your background, could you imagine that this is actually your path, your your course of your career of what you're doing? If you ask my parents, they're like, oh, you would have done something like tech and, and, and art, but I didn't know that. I mean, this wasn't something that existed when I was looking at jobs. And, and it's funny, like if anybody's listening to this podcast, like you're maybe preparing for a job that doesn't exist right now. Either A, you have to create it or B, the industry will create it. And you just have to have some faith that, you know, those dots will align. No, I, I think there's a lot of people in this day and age that are now experiencing that where, yeah. you know, they had no idea, you know, what they were going to do. And then, you know, so much has sh shifted. Totally. When it comes to media, when it comes to technology, when it comes to entertainment. Totally. And, and um, it's really a level playing field where people can go out there and, you know, make amazing things happen. Yeah, like even before when I, like something that helped me get a job at YouTube is when I was in college, I was running for class president and everyone's like, you know, talking about their platforms. Nobody cares. It's a popularity contest. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, so I was like, Every oh. Every politician knows <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> Who like, cares about that? Well, I, I hope it's, it has more gravity on like the national levels when people are running for office. But, you know, for college, it's a total popularity contest and people are talking about their policies and platforms. I'm like, dude, nobody cares. I, I'm going to use this platform called YouTube and I put up a rap video Video, and like I wrote out the lyrics. I'm not a great rapper. Just Whoa, really enjoy. Still online right now. Still online. Okay, you, you give me the title. Like we need to all. Watch you could just this. you could just look up my last name. U Shai Y O U S H A E I. And uh, yeah, just look up like class president. And a after the end of this podcast, we're actually gonna play this video, <laughs> and I will do a reaction to it. <laughs> Boom! There you go. You have good hip hop skills. Was I? I I I don't. I like to try. Uh, if, if you know, uh, we, you give me a beatbox, I could also uh, freestyle. But I had a great friend who just would mix beats, and we had a little studio on campus, so we recorded it, put a music video together, and I was like, let's let's do this YouTube thing. It was super early at that time. The video did really well. I think it got by. by 10,000 views, which at that time was yeah, like pretty, pretty hot yeah, and for college. Yeah. And, and I did this thing where I was like, I need a star. I need some star power in it. So it was spring break right before this. And I was like, you know, on the hunt for like a star, just, you know, you walk around LA, you right. see some, and, um, I was at a cafe. I'm like, is that Larry King sitting in oh, the corner yeah. of the cafe? <laughs> and, um, and like, so I, I've like very kindly waited for him to finish his food and all that. And then I went up to him and was like, Mr. King, I'm a huge fan of you. I love the way you interview. Um, um, my name is John Ushai. I'm running for class president at the University of Pennsylvania. Could you like just record a snippet for me for the opening of my video? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what to do. Put on the camera. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, he's like, and so I took out this like, like, um, I forget what it was like, some kind of power shot camera. Like, this is no, this is not the day and age of smartphones. I like, right. bring out a type of camera. I'm like, okay. And it's like, like the pro that he is, like the CNN legend that he is. Like Larry's like, vote for you, shy. You know why? Cause he's perfect. Vote for you, shy. And that's the beginning of the oh, video. I am so watching this video. And then, that's and then awesome. the beat drops, and then boom, and then it goes into it. So, oh so yeah, I was. I'm very thankful to Larry that uh, I. I don't think he would agree to that in this day and age and all that. But back then, like, just helped the kid out. And <laughs> he's I got, a pretty nice guy. Though. He's a Come very on. nice guy, and I got elected. Got reelected. So I. I owe, like again, YouTube started my journey, and I, when I was going through the interview process way back when, and they didn't even really have a full fledged creator team. They're like, oh, we saw you're a creator. We like that. Oh wow. 
Yeah. Wow. So, it helped. so like you've been able to see the industry transform and yeah. you've actually done some pretty amazing projects with YouTube and, yeah. and other, other companies you worked with. Yeah. Um, and you've literally worked with some very high powerful people. I know that you were on the Obama shoot. They they (laughs) did that as well. And you you get, you get to see that. But what I want to focus in on, I don't want to necessarily focus in on the platforms of everything, but more the creators and the creative process and, and like more the power of the story, the power of storytelling. I know that you have a Ted talk and other (laughs) training out there that's talking about that. Um, kind of take us through the, the, the differences, like, you know, from one platform to another, like from YouTube to Instagram, like what's the differences behind that? Or is it, isn't there some commonalities in the process of telling a story? Yeah. So there definitely is. And I think I look at it first on a platform level and then a story level. And I think on a platform level, it's like, what's interesting to see in today's day and age, it's just, it's a race to control all formats in one area and close the loop for creators. So I remember when I was at YouTube, we would be like, oh, wow, everyone's doing video here, but they're posting all their tech stuff on Twitter. What's going on? How can we have that exist on YouTube so there's no drop-off? Boom. And thus invents the community tab where now people can post text on YouTube. But you can't share it. Come yeah. on. Yeah, there's, a, there's still... A lot of people using it, though. A lot yeah. of people using it. And I think YouTube did a great job. Like We were trying to figure out when people post that, how can that help add subscribers um, in the way that a video can and how can that surface in new places? But I think what's interesting now at Instagram is like, okay, they've, they've figured out photo and, and the difference between a photo creator and video creator is so different, but now they're moving into video yeah. and, 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 and stories and like, it's just, it's so interesting to see these platforms want to say, okay, we want to be everything to everyone, especially our creators and just try to have every format. So you could have the entire experience on one. It's just been, I always joke like from YouTube to Instagram, I joke that I've been playing a basketball game and halftime came and I, <laughs> and I switched my Jersey and I went to the other team and yeah. uh, it's, it's just well, interesting. I think too, though, like, like when, when a, when a platform that you're working with isn't necessarily in a specific vertical and they decide, Hey, let's open up this option. It's like you can take what you learned at another company and you can see it's like going back in a time machine and saying, hey, you're going to have the same problems and issues and we can kind of correct some of those things. A hundred percent. Like, let's talk about creativity, though. Yeah. It's like yeah. When, when people are creating content, um, what, what to you are some of the elements that they need to succeed, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube or whatever? What, what are some of those elements you think? Yeah. So to me, the, the number one thing, whenever I'm helping creators, I'm like, are you focusing on the apple? Or are you focusing on the orchard? And I could break down what that means. Ooh, let's do. Um, so, so I think a lot of people talk about the orchard instead of the apple. And so that means like, if I were to convince you to eat an apple, what, what would be more convincing? If I told you, hey, this apple is from an orchard that gets uh, X meters of rainfall every year, the soil is w- this level of fertility, and oh, by the way, there's over a thousand trees. Would you be convinced by that? Or would you be convinced if I just talked about one apple? I was like, wow, it's red ruby sh- uh, color, it's luscious taste, like just really, oh my God, like it's the best apple ever. If I just focused on one, would that be more powerful than the whole sum of like explaining a bunch of data? And more oftentimes than not, talking about that apple is much more effective than the orchard because that apple conveys a greater trend. And and I think we see this in in, in culture all the time, like not not to bring up a like uh, a, a, a negative example, but it is a powerful example. Do you remember uh, um, that picture of the boy who washed up at sea with oh, yeah. the Syrian? Yeah. Re- yeah. Yeah. Heartbreaking. But what's yeah. interesting is like, unfortunately, death tolls in Syria had been rising since then. But if you look at the data, um, donations to the Red Cross, if you just look at that as a proxy, had plateaued. So you had death tolls rising, donations plateauing. And you'd think if as human beings, we like can 
um, internalize any piece of data, it's like it's somebody dying. But it, even that, it's just hard for us to understand until we saw a photo of that boy washed up at sea. Boom. Donations spiked more than they ever had for the Red Cross on that day. And that just changed things around, which seem, goes to suggest, you know, that boy was the apple to the orchard of the statistics that people couldn't really grapple with. So whenever I talk to a creator, I'm like, what's the apple you're trying to tell the greater story for the orchard? So Yeah, that's that's very fascinating. And then and then too, like how are you going to tell that story in a unique way that will capture totally. their attention and keep them yeah, the whole yeah, thing? Yeah. Uh now like bold creative. Yeah. Oh they, yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. And respecting the attention of the viewer so a lot of uh, another thing like i have a big gripe with is like people like oh people's attention spans are lower than ever today no that's a bunch of bs people's um bar of quality is higher than ever (laughs) yeah that's the way i view it like it's you or season two of game of thrones that's right that's right tell me tell me why i should pay attention right Right, i'm more interested in ricky (laughs) because he has like it's the beard it's the beard it's the beard and the stash (laughs) yeah i'll take ricky over any season of game of thrones yeah thank you i agree i agree with both of you i'm I'm glad that we are all reaching this consensus this has been Um, a brand sponsorship (laughs) for ricky yeah (laughs) (laughs) well no like i mean i think you're right i think the, the bar has been raised big time but i think you know users today or like um consumers and viewers they also want to consume a lot more content totally yeah and 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 it's like you if you focus on the apple you immediately convince them yeah watch this yeah yeah i think one creator that has done a really good job is is mr beast oh absolutely oh yeah, where, where yeah like, jimmy is super i don't smart. know what he's gonna do in his next video yeah 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 but it's gonna be something very bold yeah, very bold and i'm just gonna Watch it for that one experience, and yeah, I'll, I'll come back to see the rest of the orchard. But um, every single time I watch a piece of content from him is about is just all about the, that piece of content. Yeah. yeah, and and what it does is it naturally just through the suggestion engines and stuff like that. It it, it says, oh, you like that? You've come back. You yeah. found it. Let's let's go ahead and recommend it out there more. But I I think too it's like. I think people, I do agree with you, John, in the sense that it's like, okay, yeah, audience retention and their attention spans, um, you know, you know, it's less than a goldfish. It's like some studies like Microsoft did, but actually they know what good quality content is and they, they're looking for those quick dips into the internet to do what they want to do. Yeah. Like I, I literally stayed up till three in the morning watching a show on Netflix because mm-hmm. I could do it. I wanted to binge watch it, even though I had to get up the next day. And, and do it. It's just like, no, I, there's a series that I actually found that I like, and yeah. I'm going to watch it until I, I fall asleep or whatever it may be. Yep. Content's the modern-day cocaine. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, my wife and I will sometimes just binge through content like, like over a weekend because I travel like 50 to 60% of the time, yeah. and so we have a, a lot of the similar tastes. So always, when we're watching something, we, we really are dedicated to it. But there gets to points where – you know, when I'm browsing, you know, th- you know, through, you know, um, Instagram or, or, or YouTube or Netflix, and I'm like, oh man, I've already caught up to with everything. And, 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 and yeah, it's like one of those things that's very addictive. But I do want to say it's on the platforms too, to figure out how to balance that and maintain your well being too. And I think YouTube and Instagram and a lot of other platforms out there are taking a step in that direction. Mm-hmm. And I think digital well-being is going to become an even bigger trend this year. I, I, I would agree with that as well. It's just that it, it is so easy to be sucked in. And I think, you know, if you look back of the power of storytelling from the beginning of history, you know, it's just like they'd sit around the campfire and they'd talk about their big adventures in their hunt. And, you know, they're, they're going through that that process of, you know, the, the hero's journey and all the other stuff that happens. But what I find fascinating is now creators – 
uh, people that are storytellers have more resources that are available to tell their stories in a unique way. Um, and it's powerful. Like I'm seeing things right now that I didn't even think was possible. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so engaging and it sucks you in and it's a new way of storytelling. John, have you seen anything like that that just really inspire you? Like, oh my gosh, this is really pushing the envelope as a creator. Yeah, to me, I love Matt Pat stuff. I love yeah. film theory, game theory. I think he does a great job. I think he's we one of the smartest Matt, We had Matt yeah. Pat and Steph on here. It was, yeah. it was actually really interesting. Yeah, they're wonderful. Some of the smartest creators in the game. Got some time, got, got a chance to spend some time with them at youtube and just you know it's just it's just interesting like i feel that um if you want to teach somebody something nowadays like in terms of science and math you do have to put it in a more entertaining rapper and they do a great job like i they had this wonderful episode about you know spongebob squarepants and like the punnett square and genetics like i wonder how many teachers around the world are using are that video that. Oh, right no and yeah. uh and i think it's honest again it's like like it's not that their attention spans are lower maybe there's some truth to that but um, it's that we got to raise our bar of quality and we got to do that in our schools. We got to do that at our companies. You got to make people like care and give them a reason to. And, um, I think creators are doing the great, a great job. Of and that. I, and I think, it, I think that like at uh, all the me uh, social media platforms that are out there, that's, what's actually disrupting the education system. Totally. It's like, look, I can be educated with MIT or yeah. Stanford. I can watch it on YouTube yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or even on a podcast yeah. and see these amazing presentations and people that just want to learn yeah. what they want to know. Yeah. They can find that now online. Well, that's what I'm consuming right now is, is a lot of the stuff in the education vertical. There's so many like um, content creators out there that just quickly let, explain to you like, okay, the cold war, what you don't know about the cold war. And yeah. then, I mean, a lot of different things are just so fascinating. What are some content creators that you are following right now on Instagram? that you feel like are really disrupting that platform. Yeah, I love, I mean, I'm always like looking for a good laugh. So I love this guy's name is Anwar. Um, and he has a hilarious IGTV show called One Star with Anwar. And this guy literally buys one star products off of Amazon and, <laughs> oh, that, and, just, and just reacts to it great. and breaks, yeah. the, breaks it down. And like, oh, that's man, he is so funny. And I, I think it goes to speak like, I think it's something that I've seen in my early days at Instagram is like, people are not like, oh, what's the difference between IGTV and YouTube? Um, but more so, what's the difference between IGTV and stories? Because yeah. both are vertical formats. And I think Anwar is somebody who has done it well, where he has a format, he has a show on IGTV that people come to expect. And then stories is just those raw moments. And it really made me think, isn't stories one of the best vlogging platforms? If you're really I, thinking about it, like 100%. it's just the daily stuff, interactivity. and uh, that's So we had a yeah. conversation last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, kind of analyzing some of the things that you do. Like, I, I, I overanalyze everything. <laughs> he says stuff join, like, okay, join the club. Really mean Join here? the club, yeah. But you you brought that same point up last night, and I was like, you know what? You're right. It's like you have to be very succinct on what you're trying to get out there, and and then there's like a, like a, 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 a time that they have to consume it, and then it's gone. It's literally gone, and it's like, oh, there's a sense of scarcity that I need to go and connect with my favorite creator or whoever that may be. And I, and I find it really fascinating. But I do find um, IGTV really, really fascinating. And I'm wondering with Anwar, like in, the, in that sense, is I wonder if the ratings on Amazon actually improved after. <laughs> is, it, is it like more than that? Yeah, it's I, I, would, I would assume that people are actually going and checking that out. Yeah, And, yeah. and maybe yeah. leaving a review or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So. Have you heard of Aaron Kraskel? No, tell me more. Okay, so you should check him out. Yeah, yeah. So he was originally a, a Vinester. Okay. And um, he's, he's from here in London. Yeah. And... He just has all these little skits that, um, that he's always coming up with. But I, I 
we should get him on IGTV. Yeah. I, I, maybe he's already doing stuff, but like he's one of the most hilarious comedians that I know. Awesome. And and um, he's like one of my little gems where I, I was following him since he had like ten thousand followers, and now he has I think a couple million. Amazing. But amazing. But um, well, I liked what you said. Like Instagram Stories really is, you know, like like the best form of vlogging. Yeah. I've, I've without the t- editing process, like, cause right. you know, the, the only thing worse than like editing a vlog is like doing your taxes. Like, <laughs> wow. like, like, you know, like, like, like finally, they're, oh, well, <laughs> that's another podcast. But yeah, I was like, Oh my God. Edit like daily vloggers are some of the hardest working people I've ever met. But I think with stories that takes it out of it. Well, I've watched, I, I've stopped watching as much daily vloggers because of just being able to see what's going on with stories. Yeah. And it seems like it's more organic. Totally. It's, it's more raw. It's totally. more real. Yeah. Um, but we, we were talking about click-through rates, like how we see a higher click-through rate when we work with creators on Instagram stories. But when it comes to conversions, we're seeing super high conversions. And it's because whenever there's you know a, a layout or a format where you can be as you know authentic and... Mm. and um, um, as real as po- and as tra- as transparent as possible, um, it just always ends up you know performing better for the brand. And yeah, so yeah. we've seen a lot of brands being able to get a you know not just an increase in clicks or or viewership, but actually be able to move product and see sales. Yeah, can I give a pro tip on that? Oh, please, yeah. please. Yeah. Okay. okay, pro tip by John. So we talked about like swipe ups and and how that drives a lot of click through. So I um usually people's standard practice is they have like four stories that go out, and on the fourth one they're like swipe up, right? They build, 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 then they have their call to action. What we've seen is much more effective is if you put um, a call to action in all four stories. Absolutely. And like swipe up because you never know when like there's going to be a drop off between the right. ones. Just Ooh. so always put the swipe up and like. That's a really powerful Yeah. One. So people can see it um, and, and be able to, you know, act on it before they move forward. Yeah. After doing, you know, I mean, we've done hundreds or thousands of these. We, 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 we learned that too because like yeah. we're like, wait, it went from, you know. 70,000 views and it went down to like, you know, like, you know, 30 of the thousand of the same people that yeah, were yeah, watching yeah. it. And, yeah, exactly. And, and don't wait till then. Everything yeah. really makes it so you get higher clicks, but also you also get more conversions. Absolutely. So John, That's awesome. So John, like for me, okay, we talked about the apple in the orchard. That's yeah, yeah. a really good, is there any other advice you give for creators that, yeah. that really helps them communicate uh, their message to their audience and really engages them. Yeah, totally. So I, I think about this. I, ha- I had to think about this a lot for a course I did on Fiverr to teach marketing. And the other thought I have, the other big lesson that seems to resonate with people is always speak in metaphors. People mm. love mm. metaphors. And I want to say rare metaphors, not the common ones. So, so think about how many, like, oh, the elephant in the room, uh, that's skyrocketing. Um, you know, le, le, um, um, there's so many things, like, like going from soup to nuts. Like as human beings, we talk in metaphors that have become so common, we forget that they're metaphors. But if you can think of something rare, like let me give you an example. Um, if I said that, uh, like which one of these is more, um, um, which one resonates more? If I said uh, Google is one of the world's best um, libraries with the world's best librarian that helps you find what you want, right? Or if I told you Google is a search engine that helps you rank like all the different websites around the world and indexes them and shows you the one that's most relevant for you, which one would be better, right? Oh, the library, of yeah, course. The library, because it's a metaphor and something that you could relate with. In fact, that's what I use in my interviews when I was uh, going through the process uh, with Google. And I think it just goes to show that you know people want to connect a unfamiliar idea to a familiar idea. And the best way to do that is metaphor. So whenever I'm thinking about, okay, what's a complicated new topic that I need to describe? I always go through this exercise where I'm like, okay, 
what does this thing go from? So like, like, it, does it help you go from like dirty to clean, right? Or does it help you go from unorganized to organized? And then I think about what are other things that can help you do that as well. Um, another example of this is um, The Economist, you know, the publication um, was like coming out with this app, right? And they're like, what do we call this app? Um, and the app basically gives you bite-sized pieces of news, like nothing revolutionary, just like a nice like digest. Um, and they're like, okay, it like comes out at the beginning of the day, and they're like, okay, so this this app helps you go from like you know um, uh, like uh, uninformed to informed. It helps you go from like uh, you know like uh, out of the loop to in the loop, and it helps you go from like uh, uh, out of it to like feeling refreshed in the morning. What else helps you do that? What's another metaphor? And like, oh, coffee kind of helps you do that too, you know, during the morning. And so they're like, what do we call this app? So they called it the Express app the economist espresso so it's like also naming extra helps with your metaphors and all that so i'd always think about like if you're trying to name something explain something whatever it may be find something like that identifies the same to to from relationships as something that people already know and go with that as the metaphor so it pulls in even closer and emotionally absolutely to the, to the stuff so yeah. like ricky would be the the soft cuddly warm blanket <laughs> yeah. of brand marketing boom <laughs> never do a metaphor with me again. yeah yeah. You are a creepy old man. Oh, man. I think I saw that on cover of Forbes. Wasn't exactly. that that <laughs> no, but yeah. like I, I do, I do get the psychology of yeah. that. It's like you're really pulling in something that they might react positively, right, or negatively right. to. Yeah, yeah. And then you're amplifying, amplifying. It Why yeah. do we as human beings call the, this new startup the Uber of X or that startup the Airbnb and Y? It's because we exactly. need to contextualize and what we already understand. Why do we call that upstart the next Steve Jobs? Right? Yeah. Like, why can't we just say that? that individual no because as human beings we're trying to understand based on things we already know so i think just understanding that has been one of the most powerful things and like even like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast apple and orchard that's just a metaphor yeah right? yeah really powerful really yeah powerful. as a creator um what do you find the most fulfilling um i think it's the the personal messages like i always love like to me to me my content is mentorship at scale like mm. I think about when I was in college and, and as I was getting older, I would take coffee with like people like, oh, John, like what do I do for this internship? What do I do with my career? Can you look at my resume? All this stuff. And at a point, it just got so much. I'm like, OK, why don't I just write the things that I've been saying over and over Ooh, and like put that. it out? Um, why don't I record a video where I say those things and put it out? Um, and that's how I started writing for Forbes. And like, I'm not a writer. I have no writing degree. My parents are from Iran. Like I, I like, like we spoke Farsi in the household as I was growing up. And, um, I just started writing, putting these tips in. And now I'm proud to say I have multiple articles for Forbes. I've ca crossed 1.2 million views. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And they're, they're like, okay, write what you want. And like, so I'm, I'm like, you know, when you help people and like view your content as mentorship at scale, no matter what the format is. Um, I think that's where the real impact comes and that's where those messages of like, like somebody tagged me the other day uh, on my LinkedIn is like, uh, she's um, in Peoria, just interned at Caterpillar and was really stuck like in going her senior year of college. Like, I read this article that's uh, from John that was titled 16 graduation tips that nobody ever talks about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and that, that was an article I wrote two, three years ago and it's, it's still helping people now. So that, 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 that warms my heart. Well, and that, that to me is 
like really impressive because I think that you are a powerful communicator in whatever medium that you want to go after. Because I mean, I've seen you deliver a presentation. That's why I asked you to come to the Vid <laughs> Summit. I'm like, hey, you need to come to the Vid oh, Summit. Are you talking about that. the TED presentation? Oh yeah, it was like off the <laughs> that charts. That was amazing. So good, so good. And and two, it's just like then you do it through cartoon and you're doing it through the written word and now you do it for video and you know you're you're going through that. And so like, would you say there there is a constant theme? It's like how you communicate and how people resonate and that's with the apple of the orchard that's also metaphor is there any other tip that you would say that would really help people engage a, an audience or a potential audience yeah i think i think a general rule of thumb is um and this may be more for me because i'm because i get a bit obsessive i try to spend hours to respect the seconds that people spend consuming my content Right. So I think people spend minutes for the seconds. I try to work hours. Like if you see something I put out a cartoon, I've spent good hours on it. Will you spend five, 10 seconds on it? Maybe at best. And then you move on. I respect that. You're a busy person. If you're a viewer, I, I, I appreciate that you took that time out and hopefully something resonated with you. But I find too many people are like, oh, how can we do this? How can we repackage that? Like, did you actually think about how you want to respect the viewer's attention when yeah. you want to do it? So like that, like that would be in your editing of your articles. That would be the editing of your videos. That yeah. would be the editing of how you'd actually have yeah. stuff in your cartoon. But it's totally. more the pacing of it. The it's pacing like, and... And, just and make sure that hey we're respecting their time let's get right to it let's yeah not, let's cut out the like plot. for example so i was writing an article that, that has now gone out on forbes um interview tips everyone's written about interview tips um um but i was like how can i write something that hasn't been written before or say something in a more powerful way so i i read every interview article i could find went through the first five six pages of google went through other like career sites and just was like okay wait this is like from 1995 that's outdated <laughs> like you know like this what what are you talking like so how do i make it more relevant so i wrote an article called 12 surprising job interview tips um put it on on forbes if you now google job interview tips that's number one page on forbes oh wow 1.3 million views on that. Oh, wow. Um, and, and it's just, that article took six months. So, like, where do you <laughs> come up? Wow. Yeah, where six you months. Where with um, your title? Like, I was really impressed of the, like, what you actually name your presentation titles, but yeah. also your articles. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, I was really, really fascinated by that. Like, for me, that's, I, I spent a lot of time on yeah, titling yeah. and thumbnails and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. What's your process of coming up with that? My process is to eat. E-A-T. That's what I always think about when I write a headline. I'll break down what that means. E is the end result you hope to deliver with your piece of content. A is addressing the concern that people may have about that piece of content. And T is the time they'll get that end result. In. So I'll give you an example. Um, let's say you want to teach somebody to, like you're writing an article to teach somebody to speak French, right? Um, so your end result is uh, I will teach you to speak French. Um, your A, you're addressing the objection is like, oh, but I don't have money. I don't want to pay for Rosetta Stone. I can't afford a tutor, right? Um, and then your T is like, again, you have to promise this, but like, you know, to get started like in one month. So, so using those EAT like things, you could come up with different headlines. So, so, so just coming off the, the top here. So like, let's say, um, no money, no problem. Here's a way to learn French in one month. There you go. That's a headline. Um, uh, so here's another one. Yeah. No beard, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Grow a beard like there Ricky you go. in less yeah, than yeah. one month. <laughs> yeah. You need that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also wrote another article for, for uh, that's, that's on my Forbes page that is um, uh, people want to know how to get an amazing job, uh, but they don't have much experience, right? That's the concern. All right, so I wrote, just put those together. I meant how to get an amazing job without much experience. 
That was the whole title. Yeah. You you talk about the end result you'll deliver, and then you talk about the concern, and then if you can say the time you'll give it in, that's even more of a plus. Let, but. Let, let's talk about the audience because I think that right there, I think you spend a lot of time like who's this intended for, right? You're trying to figure out who that audience is, what makes them engage. Um, what's the difference? Because here you're going from uh, one platform, let's say YouTube specifically, into Instagram, and there is a shift in demographic. Like, like there is a younger, like more Gen Z is on on Instagram. Like, how is the process changed because of the demographic and how you engage with them? Like, what what are some tips there? Because, like, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people that are watching this, they're, like, either a brand or a creator or a marketer. And they're like, okay, like, I totally get this audience. I totally get this vertical. I get this avatar. But we're going into this new thing, and I, I can't figure things out. Yeah. So, so, so. I can speak from the experience that I've seen so far, like from how, like, like what's resonating with my Instagram audience and how I've seen that with creators as well. So I think, I think you have to respect the DNA of a platform anytime you try to get into it. And I think that the DNA of Instagram has obviously started with photos. So it's moved into video now. And for me, like I've been seeing like my Instagram fall and grow as I just like take more time to get a better shot, to line it up, to think about editing beyond just the filtering tools and like experimenting with things like double exposure. Like I did this thing before I was coming to VidCon where I took like a picture of like a sunset with the Big Ben and superimposed it on a picture of me speaking. And, and I just, saw that. Yeah, I yeah that. and just like, and there's so many great apps that could help you do this stuff. Like, again, like I don't have formal editing background. Like I just started, like I was like, this is what the community cares about and like geeks out over and like people are like, how did you do that? Can you do a tutorial and all that? Um, so I was like, oh, might as well try it. I, 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 I don't know if it'll be good. And and I just shared the first few with the friends and be like, oh, John, post that up. Um, so I put so that up. So your ski resort one got me. Yeah, yeah. Ski resort on the beach. <laughs> that was actually really good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Really yeah. I did this one where I turned a picture of a ski resort into a beach. <laughs> uh, and to amazing. me, it's, yeah, to, to me, it's again, it's the idea of a metaphor. It's like communi- communicating the idea that paradise isn't a place. It's a mindset. Mm-hmm. And for me, like I find it on a um, ski mountain. Some people may find it on a beach. Um, but that's where I feel most at home. So I'm like, how can I communicate that in a picture? Because that's like part of the DNA of Instagram. Um, and I found a way to do that and got put it up. And it's always interesting seeing the comments and, and all. So I think it's respecting the DNA of a platform to know where they've been, but also appreciate where they're going with like all the new stuff they're, that we're now doing with IGTV and, and video and stories. No, so, so you guys were both talking about how there's a lot more Gen Z on Instagram oh, than on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I would also argue I mean, th- there's a huge range of demographics. Oh my gosh! Where yeah. where you have like you know old school musicians on there that have their following. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, a, like a Brian Wilson from right. the Beach Boys. Yeah, um, he's still alive. <laughs> I just well, I didn't no, know. He I has mean, an account. That's all I know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he is or not. But, but Ricky Loki comments on every photo. <laughs> I was like, Man. yeah, I, I, I keep up to date. Yeah, yeah. But. Um, <laughs> He's a groupie. (laughs) But um, are there any, like, you know, um, demographics or verticals that you guys are noticing that are starting to explode? Uh, Beauty uh, is taking off. Um, A lot of, I think, again, like, knowing, um, like, where Instagram has been and where it's going. I always joke, when I was at YouTube, it was a, I started a Silicon Valley company that became a Hollywood company. (laughs) Right. Uh, But Instagram is a company that has kind of married that Silicon Valley and Hollywood nature from the beginning. And, like, I, I... I think it's so interesting to see that that's an app that Ariana Grande is using herself, not her, not her handler, right? She's going the app herself. Um, so when I think about it, it's like, what, what, what can also help like with that celebrity culture? So I think a account that's doing it really well is comments by celebs. And so what they did was they literally have an Instagram account where they show you comments 
from celebrities on other celebrities' photos. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> wow! Right. So so it's like think about it. Like we we like come on. Let's like we all love like you know seeing like how celebrities like you know go about their lives and, and especially interact and also to appreciate and admire each other. Like the, most of these comments are like like great job doing this or like kind of like celebs joking with one another. Um, so I think that's something that people and especially Gen Z are naturally inter- interested in. So that account has really taken off that could well, be like a new tmz too it's like yeah like you no, could that's create what I was about that. to say. it's like really interesting like right i mean and then this is the thing instagram has been very disruptive when it comes to like image licensing online you know you know like they get images of the world yeah. they're really struggling and a lot of it's because of all the access people are getting through mm-hmm. instagram but then also you see the the paparazzi world it's a different business today and, and the reason why is um, these creators and these celebrities are more empowered to upload more content and are going to get content from someone that just takes a picture of them on the street or are going to go to the source exactly. and, and see it from, and hear it from the horse's mouth themselves. And and it's it's doing something that's really enabling and empowering people where they're not you know having lies spread about them because they're being very transparent themselves about their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can see literally their strategy too. It's like, I, that's what I like to dig into. It's like, okay, you know, you see these these articles and you see these videos coming out and you see the pictures that are like leading up and it's like it has the storyline and you know what's going to happen next, even though you don't know it, but it's going to happen next. And sure enough, it happens. And that's where it gets really interesting is that the power of storytelling, you know, through multiple days and multiple posts, it's just not that one post. It's like this whole thing that comes together and, and really is combined in a very powerful strategy. So let me, okay, so I, I know we've gone over a lot. And, and one of the things that we talk on the podcast is like things that, that are really disrupting the industry. Um, and, and Ricky and I, we like to banter on this quite a bit. But like from your perspective, what's interesting this year? And what are you the most excited about that's really disrupting uh, the world? Yeah. What do you think? Well, I'm biased because, I mean, I, I think of a lot of things, but I think that, um, you know, this will be the year that Instagram and video become more, like, intertwined in conversations. And I could go on and on well, about IGTV. Well, you like... left YouTube to go to Instagram. <laughs> you're like, hey, the writing's on the wall. Yeah, the writing's <laughs> on the wall. Like, I really believe, like, just, it, it's incredible that they have a user base of over a billion people, and we're just talking about, like, video and, and creators and just, you know, Man, I, I could go on and on about how I believe. And like like last week, we just launched this new product that, that now helps any creator put their IGTV video in feed, which is where people are naturally consuming content. And so people can discover IGTV videos and more intertwined experience as opposed to standalone. So I'm like, it's just crazy what creators are now doing and uploading and seeing like numbers on. I was really fearful when YouTube, or sorry, uh, Facebook actually purchased Instagram because yeah. Facebook can be bloated in certain areas. Yeah, but yeah. I've been really impressed with Instagram that it it kept it kept its culture and it knows what it does and it's yeah. not trying to be the end all for everything. Yeah, yeah. But it's just more about uh, you know content consumption. Yeah, and its design. Like to me, something that always blows me away about Instagram is our design reviews and our design team. Like they are so methodical to make sure anything new fits in with the structure, um, and uh, it's just a beautiful experience. And I'm like, oh, not every other app out there thinks the way they do in terms of just making sure that the user has a seamless experience. So they just the content is the hero, right? Yeah. 
Um, someone that I consider a pioneer when it comes to Instagram video is Zach King. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Zach is a good yeah. friend of mine. Zach yeah, is yeah. amazing. Are you he's noticing amazing. there's more trends to have similar content that he has? Because he's really, you know, the first ones to come in and like make really high quality yeah. content that's very engaging. Oh and yeah. And fits really well in the in the Instagram platform. and Zach to me is the embodiment of somebody who spends hours for seconds of your time. Yeah. Like the editing, I, like I oh, rewatch sure. his stuff and I'm like, how did he do that? Like he yeah. is a true magician in today's day and age and uses editing like very few creators I've seen. Um, but I think I think we're seeing like a lot of like uh, um, we're seeing editing like that. I don't know to that level. I think Zach is a very unique individual, but a lot of comedy, a lot of skits, um, a lot of DIY, a lot of makeup tutorials, a lot of people showing like a, like like room tours, ho- hotel tours. I think we're still in the early days of figuring out like what formats are going to take off on IGTV. One thing I think that's really interesting that's unique to Instagram is we're seeing these like choose your own adventure vlogs mm-hmm. where people use stories and poll stickers to be like, hey, what should I do today? Go to the beach, go to the mall. And then like they kind of let the audience choose what they do in real time on their stories package up those videos record it put it up as an IGTV video just, as long as it doesn't go down like Bandersnatch route where they're like <laughs> yeah. should I jump off this well, or hit them yeah, with the I know. yeah seriously <laughs> well, we, we talked yeah. about in the past how Bandersnatch is going to change product placement I, integration absolutely. forever yeah 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 we're already pushing this with our clients to do choose your own adventure you know type stories yeah like, yeah part of those with creators yeah because what do they so have they frosties the in there like what like yeah, yeah, when you yeah, chose yeah, like, yeah, I like, very, yeah. like you know like some like cocoa puffs or frosties yeah or yeah like yeah yeah some and, generic brand versus but yeah i mean it's well and, done but a, a big side of our business you know we, we do a lot of influencer engagement and activations but we're also the biggest company in the world that does product placement or you know when it comes to series or TV, et cetera. We're still waiting for and product placement for this podcast. We got to get more number. Yeah. <laughs> Numbers up. <laughs> but I think you're too controversial. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I think we're already blacklisted by the company. <laughs> but, but, the, but, but it's one of those things where it's going to get a lot more engaging and it's going to get a lot more powerful. And, yeah. and, when brands come in the right way where they empower the content and embrace the authenticity and, and the consistent programming yeah. and they're just there to be an empowerment, it's, it's going to be huge. And one thing I think about a lot, and I think this is going to be something that's going to be touching Instagram more, it's going to be touching YouTube more and on all the video platforms is VR oh, and yeah. what's going to happen with VR. Yeah, yeah. I think right now, I mean, everyone talks about, I mean, I think everyone thinks VR is already huge and it's not. And it's not going to be huge until there's proper proper distribution. Yeah, yeah. And, and then also the cost needs to come down. Yeah, the cost on, needs on to that. come down. But here's yeah. here's an interesting thing. And I think like if I was looking at the future of Instagram, it's like mm-hmm. the next natural step is like, okay, let's solidify what we have. Yeah. But having AR elements that could be in-app purchase or whatever, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. could take it to a completely different level. Oh, yeah. Like it's totally built for it. Yeah. Um, or where you can be with VR, be in a story, exactly. and be in the room with of the, the creator. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and truly, you know, it's one of those things where creators are known or, or, or influencers are known of being, you know, something much more than just, you know, a celebrity. Right. You know, or they uh, could watch they, the Lakers game with it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I think is cool. Being able to be in there and engage, it's going to create even higher engagement and higher loyalty. Yeah. So, John, let me ask you, like, we do have a lot of brands that are listening to this podcast or watching this podcast. What advice would you give them? 
you know, when, when thinking about, Hey, we want to do something on Instagram, like what, what advice would you say content wise or, you know, influencer wise that they should do? Yeah. The way I think about it is like, so think long-term, not one-offs. Like I think great relationships are developed when brands want to do multiple videos in a series or work with a creator on a long-term basis, not one-off. Samsung, Casey Neistat, perfect example. And giving him the license to continue to do stuff that, you know, feels native to Casey and feels native to Samsung, where I'd say he's very much an ambassador of the brand and has elevated their profile as well in terms of being like, they want to, like, I never thought about Samsung as a brand that wants to do stuff for creators until they aligned with a bunch of creators and kind of let them do their thing. Um, and I think they have a showcase as well. Like in New York, they have an event where they bring a lot of creators out as well and just put them on stage and let them speak. Very smart strategy would never happen if they were like, okay, we just need one video with a call to action at the end. Right. Very different. I think um, Dietrich is this wonderful like vlog. You, oh, you know, I, you I know, know Dietrich yeah. very well. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, yeah. We, we, we did a lot of some early days YouTube. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dance. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just like such a wonderful talent. And like him and Mountain Dew is another example. Yeah. Like he did a lot of great stuff with Mountain Dew, was just a fan of it, like would, would talk about it. And like um, the ongoing nature of like that relationship, too, is something that shows like, OK, if you're here as a brand for the long term, not the short term, you'll see a lot of payoff there's a lot of other nitty-gritty we could get into like okay the actual relationship the feedback on the creative but that to me is like the number one i think yeah i I agree with that i I think it's a kind of a balance of both though um Mm. brands need to stop thinking of just working with a few yeah but realizing that there's hundreds or even thousands out there like every year there's thousands of up and coming high growth influencers oh yeah Yeah. and and so one thing that we say we say you know what you got to find those creators that are going to be brand advocates. They're going to be working with you for the long haul. Yeah, yeah. But what you do is you work with a good variety. Yeah. And then you do a postmortem and just say, okay, who performed the best? Who was truly passionate about the brand? Yeah. Who was the easiest to work with? Yeah. And then you put together a couple of your contract and, and do that. But then, yeah, it's smart. But there's a good chance that that creator in, in a couple of years or in a year might not be the same creator. Yep. They might change. And so it's always about making sure you have something that that scales, but you're always funneling that pool. Yep. Knowing that, okay, who are the other other creators that are up and coming that are going to be big supporters for the brand? 100%. And I also think that... it's like a data-driven approach. I I think that's super smart. Like, like help, like, uh, work with a bunch of creators, see which ones take off. I think another thing I always encourage brands uh, to think about as I work with them and creators is like, okay... Uh, money isn't all, your only form of currency. Content is currency. Right. Can you give an experience to the creator? Can you come up with an idea for a challenge? Like the more that you could speak their language, because let's be honest, like they're coming up and stressing about what their next video is going to be. So if you come up with a treatment of like, here's three options of what your next videos could be based on us studying your past 10, 15, uh, you'll be in the 1% of brands. Who'd... Oh, that's, that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. <laughs> yeah. Well, John, thank you so much for I coming pleasure. on this podcast. It's always just a pleasure. Like we could go do this for hours. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah, we gotta do this again. Like, yeah. We, we definitely we'll make it like a do. five hour podcast. <laughs> definitely, definitely need to do, but is there any last thoughts that you have for our listeners here or anything that uh, you'd like to, do you want to run for governor or anything no, like that? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if you're a creator and you're listening, don't be shy. Like, I think there's something like within everyone that's like, I have something to say and just don't quiet that voice. And if you're a brand, like just keep it real with your audience and don't, don't be afraid to try something new and involve a creator and give them license to, you know, take it to the next level. But I just think the biggest thing is like, there's a lot of stuff going in the media today. A lot of people are talking why this day and age is so bad, but 
come on, if we focus on a lot of the good things and still a lot of room to fix, like, let's be honest, like, we're very lucky to be alive right now. We're very lucky to see this transition right before our eyes. We're very lucky to see this transition happen, not on one platform, but other platforms where we have a second and third chance to try to get in on the gold rush. And uh, if you're not get, getting in on it now, then you're missing out. So I just like, I say count your blessings and uh, just get in on it before it's too late. What John said, <laughs> go disrupt awesome. the world. Yeah. Thanks everybody for watching.